Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. All right, we're live. Hello and welcome to the Zero Powerlifting Podcast. Hello. This podcast is sponsored by Establishment Coffee Co. Go to establishmentcoffee.com.au, use the code 025, get 25% off and free shipping. Welcome everyone. How are we doing? It's Fantastic. good to see everyone. Well, what's been what's new this week? Highs, lows? You want to start, Bridge? Um, I've got two clients who had birthdays this week. Oh. And I heard it's Buddy's birthday tomorrow as well. It is. Number but 10. Yeah. So it was uh, my client Victoria's birthday yesterday. So happy birthday, Victoria. And Amber on Friday. Happy birthday, Amber. Um, yeah, I'm training Amber tonight. And my own training's been going really well. I hit a new rep PB, 100 That's kilos for five. Light work. Yeah, so Easy. that was awesome. Back in wraps. Back in wraps. Yeah, yeah the Lily Bridges, actually, Ooh. first time I've tried them. So, Tougher yeah, that me. was really cool. That's about the most exciting thing that's happened to me this week. What about you guys? Um, Nothing really. Uh, the wheels just keep spinning for your boy. Um, mm. Nothing exciting, just a bit of training. You like that one, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> a bit of training. <laughs> this guy's been working his butt off. Um, no, nah, nothing exciting. Uh, just, yeah, the wheels just keep spinning. Just training, bit of work here and there. Just a little bit of work. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, nah, that's it. Isn't spinning your wheels a bad thing? Is it? I thought it sounded cool. Yeah, I mean, like... But the term, like, I'm spinning my wheels means you're stuck in one spot. Oh, oh well, I mean, like, my pedals to the floor. But I'm if you say the, wheel, nuts. the wheels keep turning. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's better. That's the one you're looking that's for. That's it. Sweet. Eating a lot of volume pie. Mm. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, my highlight of the week is CJ right now. Me? Yeah, I've never seen you try so hard at something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a slacker. This is amazing. Wow. <laughs> you really stepped up into the role of, like, um, if I... If I show myself here, this could be my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've just listened to it so many times. I know. <laughs> what nah. are we, speaking of that, I asked uh, CJ to do something for me, and I couldn't believe how fast you actioned it. The little wee snippet. Ah, yes. Fuck. You've what changed, was, brother. What was the snippet? For Alex. For Alex Glenn. Yes. That episode is going to be releasing. Uh, oh, you'll be hear. Out. You'll hear this out. next week. So that would have just released. So if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to it. But that was an awesome conversation with uh, yes. myself, Thomas, and CJ with the legend Alex Glenn. Mm. Um, Thomas, you you gravitated towards him pretty well. Like he's a, he's a fucking legend of a bloke. Um, he just it was such an organic conversation. I loved it. It was awesome. Yeah, it was great to have him in. Um, and yeah, it was just cool to see how well he connects with everyone and his passion for what he's doing and his passion for helping others is is just kind of palpable. It's like pretty contagious. So thank you, Alex, for coming on board. And um, yeah, I hope everyone gets a lot out of the episode. Yeah, I certainly did. Um, for me, yeah, training's been great. I've, I'm now in deload and I'm about to start a peak, Yay. which is very exciting. I just got that program back from Bridget. Um, looking at the numbers and they make me nervous, which is a good thing. I'm really excited. Yeah, to see how I go this block. But yeah, besides that, yeah, love and training, love and gym life. Um. Now, to my favorite segment, <laughs> I think all of our favorite segments, the grievance of the week for Tom Bro. It's not my favorite segment. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, it's been a while since I've been genuinely annoyed. <laughs> like, I really have to try hard to think of something to get annoyed about when you ask me what I'm annoyed about. This week is relatively easy. So, you guys don't spend a lot of time in the office. CJ does, but you guys don't. 
<clears throat> you can hear everything that goes on out there loud and clear. Like there's certain people that talk at quite a high volume and I can hear their full conversations up here while I'm working <laughs> if I don't have headphones on. Anyway, on Monday night, it was crazy. It was busy as, and um, <clears throat> I just needed some respite from the busyness. So I was up here and I did my pre-training stretching in the office rather than downstairs where I usually do it. So I was stretching up here and every two seconds, the song would change. And for those outside of the zero world, it's kind of a rule as a, you don't touch the music that's left up to the staff unless it's really quiet then you can put on your own music and someone was changing the music over and over and over and over again um and i think i sent cj a pretty uh heated text message now you called me oh did i what did i say <laughs> so i was sitting downstairs and we were we were getting annoyed you and me, James, because yeah. uh, this person kept changing the I song. I said something. I already yeah. said something, but and your boy doesn't have the, the no. power that <laughs> the, the Tombo has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too much of being one of the boys. And I was the same. I was like, how often do you want to change a song? And this person was like, oh, it's just, you know, people are complaining about this my song choices. And then I get a call. <laughs> and Thomas goes, can you tell whoever's changing the music, <laughs> like, to stop and, and like, grill them and i said i will happily do it because <laughs> i know it is and then he goes who is it and i was like oh uh, i don't want to say he goes don't lie to me cj <laughs> <laughs> and i go um um and he said is was it and he guessed correctly well i didn't guess that was a test i'd already <laughs> looked at the cameras i was watching the perpetrator he who shall not be named jimmy barnes was <laughs> touching the music incessantly and I, I think my exact words to you were tell the person if they touch the music again, I'm going to murder them. Mm. Uh, yes. I was yes. unreasonably upset about it. I just, I get really annoyed when people keep changing the music because it annoys everyone. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's far better off having some music that some people don't appreciate, but having it consistent <laughs> and then swapping to their music on another day than to having the song change every 20 seconds. So Jimmy Barnes, this is your shout out. The grievance of the week goes towards you. <laughs> Thank you so much for the amazing work in installing the new CRO system. You did an amazing job. We love it. Please don't ever touch the music. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't entitle you to touching this song. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you literally said his head's mine. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to say anything. And I see Buddy come down the stairs. And I was like, oh, grab oh, the, the popcorn. The boss is coming. Grab the, the popcorn. Boss is popcorn. Coming. And yeah, the bro looked like he saw a ghost for the rest of the day. <laughs> Thomas was on one side of the gym with like the bands around his hip and Jimmy was on the other side, just just dead face the whole time. Do you know what sucks? Is I've pretty much said the exact same thing to Jimmy, mm. but when your boy says it, it hits different. He's like, oh yeah, whatever, man. And then Thomas says, he's like, oh, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm done for. I was like, mate, I said the exact same thing to you 20 minutes ago. <laughs> you were done for 20 minutes yeah. ago. But yes. on that note, can I just give Jimmy Barnes a shout out? Yeah, I mean, it's your uh, podcast. What, well, <laughs> well, CJ, CJ, no, CJ's okay. now. You, you can. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jimmy Barnes. I'll allow. He's uh, at the moment, he's he's massive for the culture here at the gym. Mm. He's one of those infectious personalities that, uh, you know, loves getting around everyone, lo has, loves powerlifting. He's probably one of the people that loves powerlifting the most out of everyone at the moment. He's getting stronger. He comes in. He's so friendly to everybody. He's uh, one of my favorite people to train with at the moment. Um, and yeah, he's a king. He's been wanting a shout out. So this is your... Uh, First and last shout out. Now nah, it might not be your last, but uh, <laughs> this is a this is your shout out, Jimmy. Yeah, no, he's a man. He's he, awesome. he put a lot of effort into 
um, I was doing a bit of work with him, but he pretty much did all the labor mm. in putting up these speakers and did an amazing job. And yeah, it pumps. Yeah, there were a few hiccups along the way as well where he had to double back and mm. put in a, a bunch of extra hours to get it going, but it's all set up. It's all amazing. So thank you for your hard work. Mm. Don't change don't change the music again, Jimmy. Or your head's Thomas's. Oh. Nah, my my authority <laughs> is just as powerful as James and Bridget. So if they say something goes, it goes. Oh, uh, yeah, not not me, but that's fine. <laughs> like, who are you, man? <laughs> Aren't you just the help around here? <laughs> you no, just run the podcast. Like, <laughs> if someone touches one of the hair clippers, they're yours. <laughs> <laughs> say what you want. Yeah, okay, uh, fair your, enough. Fair that's enough. your domain, I guess. Yeah, they'll they'll change the music when I'm around. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. Um. Well, today I want to talk about you guys. You guys are coaches, incredible coaches. All of you have coached me and I've gotten so strong. I've never coached you. <laughs> oh, I've, I've asked you. Well, I mean, a lot of times when I'm cutting your hair, I'm asking, <laughs> I've asked for advice on how to work, how to change up my lifting and yeah, and just, I guess, yeah, pick your brain. So yeah, I consider all of you guys influences into my um, <laughs> lifting career, minus a career, but. I want to ask you guys, like, uh, why do you guys do this? Why do you love coaching? Not Good. all at once. Good. <laughs> Me? Uh, it's the same reason that I love training myself. Um, it's just, you know, when you, when you progress or you hit a new PB, like, that's exciting enough when it's you. But when you see a client do it, knowing that you help them achieve that, like, it's the greatest feeling. It's a really special feeling. And... Um, yeah, I think I attach as much emotion to my clients' training as what I do to my own. So, yeah. Yeah, no. It's very special. I totally get that. I, yeah. I'm not a coach, but for me, when my mates, like when I keep bringing this up, when you pushed 140, that was so much better than mm -hmm. when I finally hit two plates. Like, that was great that I benched 100, but seeing him do that was like, that was, I was more on a high from yeah, that. Like, so I, I totally get that. How did you find it? How did you find coaching? How did I find it? Um, actually, it was an old PT that convinced me to do my certificates in fitness. He thought I'd be really good at it. And I actually started off doing these stupid boot camps. Like my only clients were friends from work and they used to pay me $10 each for me to come and put them through this like torturous circuit in the Broadwater Parklands. But yeah, I lived for it. I don't know if they loved it as much as I did, but yeah, it was awesome. Well, let's change the language around it then. It wasn't a stupid boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> Legit. Legit. It's like, it's like when you say, it's like if you said to us now, oh, I, I, squatted, I only squatted 100 kilos. No, change the language. You squatted 100 yeah. kilos. There's a lot of value into, in, you know, think of the value in doing those boot camps. That's where you learn to fall in love with coaching people yeah. and look what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, continue. Oh, no, that was it. <laughs> no, I keep telling us about it. You did the boot camps? Um, yeah, no, but it was great. We built this, like, awesome little community with it, and we all used to go for coffee afterwards, and, yeah, it got quite big for a while there. But, yeah, then I went back to bartending for a bit, but then found, uh, found powerlifting, and, yeah, just started to fall in love with the idea of coaching again because I kind of steered away from it for a while. Why is that? Um, I don't know. I'm not too sure. COVID had a big thing to do mm. with it. Yeah, yeah, that made it really hard, but... Yeah, no, I'm so glad I found my way back. Was it something you developed a love for? Or was it like as soon as you did it once, you're like, oh, I absolutely. Love it. Yeah. As soon as I stepped foot in a gym seven years ago, like mm. I knew I wanted this to be a part of my life for a long time. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 
How soon after starting to train did you, you, you know, you mentioned this PT had an influence on you. Were there inklings before that that you might want to do it? Um, absolutely not. No, I didn't think I'd be any good at doing something like this. Yeah, no, not at all. And then uh, once I started getting stronger and noticing that I was progressing, I'm like, wow, this is great. This is a really good feeling. Yeah. yeah and you'd be surprised how many coaches that you'll meet or how many coaches in this industry in general had a great experience with a PT or a coach and thought, I want to do that. Like it's, yeah. it's interesting like that because like you get a flavor of that experience and you want to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, some of the downsides of coaching are, it's a business now, uh, for, for most coaches, like for you guys, you work for zero, uh, but for most coaches, you have to go out and source your clients and market and get good at that side of things. And that's why a lot of coaches come and go because they're not prepared for that that side they get yeah. a big taste of the positive that like, i need this the majority of people though make it work they just fall into it and and love it yeah absolutely all right what well, about the short dark and handsome <laughs> young hinny road man <laughs> hinny yes um how <coughs> many how many people have adopted kung fu in their <laughs> instagram oh, name three it's kung least. fu jakey kung fu <laughs> barnsey who else anyone else gam gam's gonna be kung fu gam this friday <laughs> no <laughs> yeah gidge is gonna be kung fu yeah. gidgey soon yeah. Yeah. Whole gang hit me up if you want to join i'm accepting our applications <laughs> <laughs> this is yours yeah um how did i get into coaching i i kind of fell into it with thomas um i think i mentioned this on the podcast that we accidentally didn't record but Thomas offered me a job uh, 20, maybe early 2019. Yeah, like maybe March, oh, January 2019. Something like that. Um, I turned it down to pursue something else that um, didn't work out. And then I messaged Thomas again and uh, maybe six months later and he said, yeah, of course that offer still stands. Uh, let me sort something out for you. And I was like, sweet, this is fucking awesome. Um, Thomas knows as well at the start, I had no intentions to coach. Like um, my intentions were to like, help grow the gym, help with everything else. And then um, Tom said, you're going to have to coach too. And um, I just slowly fell in love with it. And I started seeing me get more and more clients, uh, face-to-face sessions. And then I said to Thomas, I want to do online too. And Tom's like, sweet, let's get this ball rolling. Uh, here's uh, And then it slowly started to grow. And now, um, oh, for a while there, I had massive imposter syndrome, feeling like I didn't belong. I didn't feel like, there's so many other people that wanted my job that would have loved to be a zero coach. There still are lots of people that would love to be a zero coach. There's just no opportunity for them at the moment. Mm. Um, so I felt a little bit guilty too that I had this fucking awesome job that people envied. And I like, at the time I felt like I wasn't worthy enough to be a coach. I was like, man, what am I doing here? Like I suffered, Thomas knows, I had imposter syndrome forever. I was mm. like, fuck, I don't feel like I belong here. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of overcame that because it was just fucking, that's all in my head all that bullshit, all that noise. And then, um, yeah, I don't know, maybe like a year. I don't know when it was, but I just fell in love with coaching. My favorite thing about coaching is, uh, it's the word servitude. Yeah, my favorite thing about coaching is servitude um, and building relationships. That's my favorite thing. Like to be a good coach, I think you need a, there's two things you need to be able to do is communicate and, um, you know, show support and encouragement and, uh, yeah, I feel like I've got a pretty good relationship with all my clients. So that's that's the two things I love about coaching. Um, I love empowering people. I got I actually wanted to start powerlifting again after coaching. I had three girls compete at a. Am I going too long? This is all good. No, no keep going. Yeah, all actually, the time in the world. Um, I started. 
I had three girls competing. I had Amy Scales, who I, I love to death, Alexis, absolute legend, and uh, my dude Gidge over here. I was coaching them and watching them girls like do shit they didn't think they could do on the day. Like I've said to Bridget a million times, that's actually why I started powerlifting again. Watching them have so much fun. I was like, fuck, this is why I got into mm. it in the first place. Yeah. Watching those girls, like Bridget went nine for nine, Alexis went uh, eight for nine, Amy went six for nine, but still seeing Amy go six for nine and have the best time. And like, even though she went six for nine, when I went six for nine, I was fucking almost crying. I was being a little bitch, like back in 2018, 2019. And watching her have so much fun going six for nine, I was like, this is what it's about. It so, was the yeah. best day. It was so good. Oh, it was the best day. Like Bridget hit PBs on everything. Um, yeah, and it just kind of brought me back to that. And yeah, now I'm fuck, I'm all in. I don't see myself doing anything else yes. forever. Yes. Unfortunately, Thomas, you're stuck with me, brother. <laughs> That's all right. That's a, a burden I'm willing to carry. Um, do you remember who your first client was here? Who the first session you did with? Paris. Yeah, Paris Kazani. Young Paris. Yep. Yeah, she's a legend too. That was like an awesome first client. Uh, Paris, she's, how old is she now? 17, turning 18? Yeah, she's been with us since she was uh, just after she turned 13. Yeah, so Young I've coached her, and she was an awesome introduction to coaching. She's willing to work hard. Um, Luckily for me, she already had great technique because Thomas already taught her how to lift. So that was a really awesome introduction into coaching. And then um, as I guess you could say my roster grew, like my lifters got better and yeah, I just started building relation, better relationships with people. And yeah, I literally can't uh, see myself doing anything. It's weird. It's like when I think of like how my future pans out, this is all it is. Mm. Like this is a really silly thing to uh, do, but I always want to get my hands tattooed. And the only reason I never did was because I didn't know what I wanted to do in the future. And so tomorrow I'm getting uh, my hand tattooed because I'm, I'm actually set. I'm sweet. I'm happy. I'm content. Yeah. I know what I want to do. This is it. I actually want to ask you, like, talking about how you had imposter syndrome, and I'm sure that I can imagine there's so many coaches starting out that would feel the same way. And even you even mentioned, I don't know if it was in the pre-roll or whatnot, saying like, oh, maybe you should become a coach. Like mm. jokingly, that to me was like, heck no, me. Mm. And, you know, you, it's very easy to quickly disqualify yourself. And I remember when I first started coming here and you started training me, um, it almost would not frustrate me, but I could almost see that, like, I, I trusted you so much with my lifting, but I could tell you had that imposter syndrome where you were a coach by title, but you felt it wasn't by definition. And within the last few months, that switched to now you, you truly believe I'm a coach by definition and not just by my title here at Zero. How did that change? Because it's shown big time in your confidence, how you train clients, how you train me. When I ask for advice, I can feel that like, okay, this guy really backs what he's saying. Whereas before, it might not have felt that way, but I backed it. Like I, I don't know any better and you, you're my encyclopedia for lifting um, when it comes to, you know, I trust you everything with my technique. So uh, ha even though I may have backed you, like what changed for you? How did that, does that make sense? How did yeah, that, 100%. Yeah. Um, fuck, I could get emotional talking about this. But uh, cut the cameras. No, 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 no. Um, Thomas always fucking believed in me. Mm. That's it. Legit. And then one day I just, actually it was Jamie Buziotis. He sent me a message because I feel like he was in a kind of similar position to me. At the time I stopped powerlifting, I, you know, I pursued running other ventures really into my basketball. I still love basketball. Um, 
but you know I missed that feeling of being athletic and I was working in a powerlifting gym and um, it's funny Jamie probably won't even miss uh, remember this but he sent me a message and it was just saying hey man I feel like uh, you know we've both been in similar boats this was ages ago before me and him actually started talking heaps he's seen a post that I put up about imposter syndrome and yeah he sent me a message and I don't know that message kind of just really resonated with me and yeah but mainly like, legit Thomas always fucking backed me from day one so yeah that's it are you okay to share with what was in that message? <coughs> Where from Jamie yeah. Buziotis. Um, I can't remember exactly, but it was just fucking. It was exactly how I felt. I was yeah. like, "Fuck, this guy's." If this guy, who's someone I really look up to in this industry, is feeling the exact same way, I'm like, "Fuck." Mm. Mm. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. I was going to ask you, um, or ask all of you, what is imposter syndrome? What is it? What does it mean, Bridget? Can you pull your mic down, by the way? That, I don't know. You feel like a bit of a fraud in the position that you're in. That's how I see it anyway. Would you say that you've got imposter syndrome? Absolutely. 100%. What do you think imposter syndrome is? Yeah, I just, I literally just felt like a fraud. Uh, CJ? Yeah, same deal. Um, uh, For me, I'm not a coach, but when I was barbering, just putting a cape on someone for the first time and, you know, doing up the... Uh, then um, yeah and just putting something on the clipper and asking them what, like that to me I was like this I'm not I'm not a barber like what am I doing it's like I don't belong right yes um, and so what like think of reflect on your journey in overcoming imposter syndrome like would you say that you know that moment or that 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 series that short period of time and that series of events of you know someone like Jamie reaching out um you being reinforced through me telling you, nah, it's all good. Uh, that changed something. Objectively, did your skill level when it came to coaching dramatically change in that time? Not one bit. No, it was the same. Mm. Well, maybe a little bit better because as time goes by, you get more experience, right? But you could still do the thing just as well. So all that change was a self-belief. And so it's like, who gets to tell you what you believe? Like, who gets to decide that? You do, right? 100%. So like... It's interesting, you know, Bridget, you're saying that you've got imposter syndrome. If you were looking at another situation, like Shadow Bridget, Shadow Thomas, and Shadow Bridget's in that position, it's like, what would what would solidify your belief enough to trust that you could do the task? It would have someone who you trust believing in you and saying like, you don't believe in yourself to do this, but I'm telling you you're good enough to do this. And it's like, do you guys think my authority in coaching is... Relevant? Your th- to me it is, yes. Yeah, right? I'd say it is. 100%. I think I've, I think I've got a, a say in, in mm. coaching and powerlifting. Um, and so like if someone with a higher authority than you is saying that they believe in you and that you're good enough, I mean, that's it. That, that's the litmus test for I am good enough. But it's so it's not enough for us. Like we have to believe it ourselves. And imposter syndrome is so funny because the only people that get to give it any stock is us. I get imposter syndrome all the time really? and have done my entire career. Yeah. Still now, still now, like think my entire role, my entire identity in my work role has now shifted because before I was the coach and now it's like, fuck, like 12 staff. I've never been taught how to do this. Am I good enough to do this? Can I do this? And like subjectively sitting there being like telling yourself, I can't do this. I'm not able to do the tasks that are, and really it comes down to skill, that aspect. 
But the skill aspect is so tiny because any skill we can get do it good at doing if we do it enough or we learn those tasks. And so like the skill aspect is easy. It's just like learn it. Suck at it for a little while and you get better. The biggest aspect when it comes to imposter syndrome is nothing to do with being an imposter. It's just believing. It's just being like, here I am. I'm given this task and I need to do it. And am I going to screw up? Fuck yeah, I am. Because I'm a person. Everyone's going to screw up at some point. And the more you screw up, the better you get. And so it's weird. It's like I found myself just recently sitting in this position being like, I can't do this. I'm, you know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not cut out to be the kind of leader that I'm, you know, making myself out to be in terms of like the business is growing and it's putting me in this leadership position. It's like, am I really suited to be able to do this? It's like, well, yeah, because I'm already doing it. It's like for you guys, am I, can I be a coach? Yeah, I'm already doing it. Can I cut hair? You're already doing it. Objectively, you can do the thing. And the more of it you do here, the more of it you're going to get, uh, the better you're going to get at it. Uh, but we just tell ourselves that we suck and we just need to find a louder voice to be like, you know, what? I, I'm doing this and I'm good at it. And people are validating that I'm good at it because you guys have all the evidence in the world that you're good at it. Look at your progress with Amber. Is that not amazing progress? Yeah, she's doing incredible. And that's she's down doing to you. The work. That's down to you. That's down to your coaching ability. So that says right there, you're not an imposter. You're an amazing coach. We all believe in you. She believes in you. You should believe in you. Like, you're not an imposter at all. Same thing with you, James. Like, look at all the results that you've gotten over the years. Look at all the people that are like, fuck yeah, James. How many people walk away and be like, you know what? James is a shit coach. How often have you heard that? Ever? Never. No. Never. So, objectively, no. you're a great coach. It's weird when we look at it like that because we don't want to accept that. We just want to listen to the louder voice telling us, nah, you're not meant to be here. And we only get that because we look at everyone else. And when you go talk to everyone else, you find out that they're little sheepish people that are like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not... And they just keep doing it. We all just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Believe in yourself. The more that you believe in yourself, the harder you work, the more you'll accept your mistakes. If you accept your mistakes, you correct your mistakes, you get better. It's just this circle of life, right? How good. Absolutely. What yeah. was the OG question? Because I actually never answered it for myself. Um, well, why, why do you do this? Why do you coach? Why um, do you love coaching? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, I really do. Uh, my journey into coaching is a little bit different. I, n I never wanted to be a coach. Like I didn't, I didn't set out to be a coach. I, um, I was thrown into a situation where I had to make a career choice and I decided to open a gym. And so in opening the gym, it just kind of brought with it, oh, you're a coach now. You got to coach people. And then over time, it turned out I was pretty good at it. And then I got heaps of clients. And now I'm in this weird spot again where my identity or my role in my business has shifted so much where I'm, uh, you guys are at the start of your coaching career. I'm at the very end of my coaching career. And that's a really weird place to be because it's formed the basis of my identity for the last decade. And now it's like, uh, I was having a conversation about this just recently about the fact that uh, coaching people for me is a choice. Like I, it's it's a genuine choice. Do I... Do I have to coach someone? Do I, do I need that income directly? It's like, no, zero pays my bills. Um, zero employs me uh, and zero makes money without me coaching people, you know? Uh, so I coach as a choice and my experience is no different to your experiences in terms of like, I love coaching because I love sharing in people's wins. I love, um, um, you know, being in the background, 
to help people realize what they are capable of. Um, you know, I've never chased the glory or the clout of this is my lifter. I've always seen myself as everything that they've achieved under my guidance, they could have achieved without me. I just help them find that. Um, and for me, that's really special. That for me, that's that speaks to a lot of my values, which is, uh, you know, try and do things selfless, selflessly, um, uh, try and uh, help people find happiness and find enjoyment in what they're doing and make them feel good about themselves. And um, coaching's provided a really great outlet to be able to do that. And that's why I love it. It's awesome. I just want to sit here and listen. Um, yeah, I, man, just hearing you guys yeah be so transparent is honestly inspiring to me especially just what you were saying earlier about um like imposter syndrome just being in your head and so much of just human nature is to find the negative in ourselves. and we're very good at it um i, I remember one time I, I i did it i can't remember what i did but um the, the person that was teaching me i don't know if it was school or something they said you know what what did you do wrong? And I was like, oh, I did this, like watching myself back, did this. I think it was a speech. I could have said that better. I didn't deliver this well, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, all right, now what did you do right? And it, I couldn't, it, my mind is just not wired that way. And, you know, so we're so wired to look at the negative, but we, we have no practice in actually looking at the positive because, and, and what's like, you kind of expose, like that's what everyone sees about you guys. I can't think any higher of powerlifting coaches than you guys. You know what I mean? Anyway, not to get too sappy. <laughs> um, well, what are the pros and cons of coaching? Gidge? Um, I don't know. There's not a lot of cons at the moment. I'm still very new to this industry. So I haven't found anything that I haven't liked yet. All my clients are fantastic. So, yeah, I don't have anything bad to say, to be honest. Like, <laughs> Hundred percent. That's a good thing. Yeah, I'm just loving it. I just still can't believe that this is my job mm. at the moment. Yeah, I just love every day here. Everything's a pro. Yeah, that's mad. Yeah, <clears throat> I'll start with a con. Uh, my con for coaching is managing expectations. It's hard. I've got some lifters. It's really hard to help them with managing their expectations. They've got these crazy ambitions and dreams that they want to do. Uh, in the you know in the space of powerlifting in a very short amount of time, and as you know, it's it's hard to tell someone they can't do that. But sometimes it's a little bit more realistic than not that they actually can't do that. Um, so sometimes that's one of my cons is helping people manage their expectations. Um, the pros to it is, man, I love this shit. I love it. I love serving people. Um, you know, on my bad day, if I have a bad day at work, I still got to hang out with people all day. Coaching is, yeah, like we said, building relationships with people, uh, support, encouragement, um, watching them win. Like Thomas said, like it's a selfless act. Like at the end of the day, all we do is we write numbers in a fucking spreadsheet. They're the ones that's actually doing the work. You know, we teach them how to lift, but they're the ones doing all the work. Um, yeah, that's my pro. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many pros, right? Uh, so much of what we just spoke about in terms of helping people find their potential. A lot of people, you know, gain a lot more than just outward strength in something like strength training or powerlifting. A lot of people find, um, you know, that sort of inner strength, the grit that they have, and that can really teach a lot of life lessons in terms of like, um, uh, 
being able to push through hard situations, being able to find the ability to grind, not just in lifting, but in, in all aspects of life. Um, it's, it's really quite heartwarming to be a part of that. You know, people, um, uh, people really value our role as coaches. Uh, people really put us up on a pedestal and like there's some responsibility with that, but the pro is it means that we get to, uh, again, just share in people's wins and, um, help people find, uh, so much more value in themselves when they can't see it themselves. We get to help unlock that for people. And it happens inadvertently. Like a, like James said, at the end of the day, we're just saying, you know, twist your quads away from each other and squat 100 for 5 by 5 or whatever it is. It's always quite shocking and incredible as to how much this extends into so much more than just lifting. You know, your role as a coach and the relationship that you build with people through coaching. Um. I don't want to sit here and list out a bunch of cons because that makes it sound like it's negative. But um, one con, uh, James learned this really fast when he started working with me because he got to see a lot of it happen in real life. Um, and this is a great message for coaches and lifters and clients and everyone out there really um, is that, uh, you know, true selflessness. You and I were talking about this the other day, CJ, as well. True selflessness means that you don't have to talk about it. Mm. And so a lot of the times we are doing so much to make things work for people, to make people happy that we don't talk about. People don't see what happens behind the scenes. People don't see how much care and energy and effort we go to, not just in coaching, but in like the gym setting as well to make people feel comfortable, welcome, loved. Um, and some people, you know, w they don't see that they don't understand it and they take it for granted and they'll come back at you and they don't realize how much you're doing for them. Uh, all they can find is like picking apart every little single negative thing. Uh, and you can't react, you know, you, you can't react because they don't know what you're doing for them. And it's a real dick card to be like, I've done this for you and that for you and this for you. Cause that's not selflessness. Mm. that's an exchange and we're not doing it for an exchange and so that's that's probably a con that i've found in a service-based business and a service-based industry over the years is when and it doesn't happen very often you know people are generally awesome you know bridget you've been in coaching for the, for the least amount of time and your experience so far has been positive and over the years your experience is going to be like 99 percent positive this is going to be very very few bad eggs um, but the bad eggs can spoil it pretty quickly. Um, and yeah, every now and then there's just, there's just people that, um, uh, that really don't appreciate the amount of work and energy and effort that you put in to make them feel good. That's the only con. And that's so minimal. Like it doesn't happen that often. Mm. Yeah. And that's totally on them really, you know? Yeah. Um, if I was to extend this, this, conversation of this topic a little bit further i'd say like pros and cons of being a coach as in an independent coach as in a business owner a big pro is that you get to you know you get to have a cool job you hang out with people you get paid for it you know a coaching session after you've taught them how to lift is like i don't know if you're doing an hour session maybe three to five minutes of coaching and then another 50 minutes mixed of lifting and catching up like it's a pretty cruisy pretty cool job and a pretty high paying job so that's cool. Um, that's a major pro. 
uh, a con that comes with that is you need to have the business skills and tools and understanding. Otherwise, you will quickly burn yourself out. You'll quickly run yourself into the ground. So there's a responsibility on you as a coach to understand business, to understand sales and marketing and uh, systems and administration and everything that comes with running a business. Um, That's not necessarily a con, but it becomes a con for people who don't do that, who just throw themselves in the deep end. And that's where you see a lot of coaches get in, get successful and drop off because they don't know how to manage the business aspect of things. Do you think part of that is like coaching is something, even just hearing you guys talk about it, it's clearly something that's so fulfilling. And But the business side of things, I could imagine how that can not be so, you know, you might not have the same passion to p- learn about it as much as you do about, you know, your knowledge and coaching. Do you think some of that could be because of that? Like these are guys are great coaches, but they don't put the same effort that they do into their clients that they do into their own brand or business yeah for sure i mean like look at look at how it operates in most businesses like let's look at a barbershop for example let's say you're working in a barbershop for someone you're cutting heaps of hair you're getting good at and you're like you know what i don't like this guy i'm working for i don't like the environment and i'm in i've got my own client base i got the skills i'm going to do this myself so you go out there and you go out on your own you're like open your own barbershop what you don't realize is that you're buying all of this extra responsibility. Now you got rent to pay. Now you got a space to clean. Now you got to find your own clients. Now you got to get them there. Now you got to look after everything that comes with it. If something goes wrong with the shop, you got to pay for it. If you need more equipment, you got to pay for it. Like all this stuff comes with shifting from a worker to a business owner. Uh, and a lot of people just don't realize that that's the case. So people, you see it with people who open gyms. This successful personal trainer in the world gym, they're like, I can do this myself. I'm going to go open a gym. I hate the vibe at Worlds. I hate this. I hate that. I'm going to do it myself and do it awesome. They go open a shitty little gym. The They're now f- flooded with like rent, buying equipment, looking after the place, cleaning the place, trying to coach all their clients at the same time. So like they've still got their full client book, but then they've got another 20 hours of work a week to do on admin, on cleaning, on maintenance, on everything else. People buy a job that pays less, Mm. (laughs) you know, by going into business on their own, often buy a job that pays less and requires a lot more work. And that's easy to overcome if you just understand business, if you have business skill and you go into it prepared. But we don't get taught that shit. I didn't get taught that shit. I was just like, yeah, I'll open the gym. Yeah, that'll be sweet. I'm just lucky it worked out. <laughs> it's it's crazy because ever since I started working for you, Thomas, I've seen you get better at business. I've seen you get better at business every single year, every single... You're always trying to get better at business too, which has obviously paid off because you got fucking 7,000 gyms, <laughs> 29 million employees or whatever. Um, but yeah, I've seen you, you know, like I remember when I first started, oh, what do I do? I don't know. Well, do this. Well, do you know what I mean? So I've seen you get better at business and... um. It's just crazy. Like I know I always talk about it, but it's crazy to see how, how much zero has grown mm. at the end of the day. It's because you got better at business. Yeah, but you know why that is? Is because I used to say things to people like you, um, you know, people close to me or who were working alongside me or whatever. I'd say things like, I suck at marketing. I'm no good at that. You know, or I'm just, I would say all the things that I was bad at and I never did anything about it. And I started to realize how much stuff I was vocalizing that I was bad at and just ignoring like, oh, I'm not going to do Facebook ads because I don't know how to do it. Okay, dickhead, go learn how to do it. <laughs> and ever since I sort of stopped focusing so much on um, just trying to coach more and actually turn my business into a business, 
there's been a big change. Which is, it's why I'm so passionate about it is because like you don't have to be smart to run a business. I'm, I'm not a very smart guy and I'm certainly not very smart when it comes to business. You don't have to, and look, you know, everyone's always going, oh yeah, you are actually smart. <laughs> look at all the other business owners that you know that aren't actually that smart. Like that person's not that smart, but they've got a really successful business. What is it about what they're doing that's being successful? And when you look at what makes a successful business, you don't need a lot of brain power. You don't need a lot of thinking power. You just need a skill set. It's no different to coaching. You don't need to be smart to be a coach. You just need a skill set. Um, and if you go out and learn those skills, it's like, oh, this is actually easy. It's just same thing as imposter syndrome. We sit there telling us, I believed I was shit at marketing. I believed I was shit at sales. I believed I was shit at all this stuff. I'm like, okay, if you want to change that belief, give yourself some evidence that you're not shit at that. Find some evidence, get some self-empowerment. It's like, oh, I can actually do this. And again, you don't have to be smart to do that. You just have to go and do it. And finding the skills to do all the stuff that we do, the coaching stuff, the business stuff, it's easy to find that that stuff. It's easy to find the skill sets. It's easy to get the information for free. Um, so yeah, really, we don't have any excuse. Well, I didn't have an excuse. I couldn't find an ex a good enough excuse besides me being lazy and not getting off my ass and learning what I needed to learn. And as soon as I did that, zero started transforming. A lot of people wow. are just scared to get out of their comfort zone. Like we were talking before, like this terrifies me. I never thought I'd be sitting here doing a podcast like a couple of months ago. Mm. And I suck at it at the moment, but the more we do it, like, who, who said you, who said you suck <laughs> at it? Yeah, there, we go. <laughs> there we go. Now we're talking. There's that imposter syndrome. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Um, it's, it's so many people like, and that, that I speak to the, through the coach development system when we're talking about business stuff. So many people are like, um, uh, they know what they want, they know where they want to go, and they know what they need to do. Like, and it would be the same for you guys in most areas of life. If you want something, you probably know what you need to do to get it. Just taking those steps to go and do it is, is where a lot of people stop or a lot of people uh, scared or whatever. Um, it's interesting when you look at it like that because so often we just know, like I know what the next step in business is for me and I've known what it is for the last couple of months and I'm still not taking the steps I need to take to, to do it. And I keep telling myself, oh no, I got caught up doing this, doing this, doing this. Like, no, I know exactly what I need to do. I just need to do it. Uh, and the more that I make the effort to do it, the better things get. It's so weird. Um, you know, you spend so much time just sitting there being like, I want this, I know what I need to do and you just don't do it. And there's literally, there's very rarely a true reason why we're not doing it. hundred percent. That's getting cryptic. Yeah. Cool. No, certainly not a legitimate one. Um, well, that's all the topics I have. Do we have Q and A? Yeah, we got some questions. You want to open them up? I don't have them. I gave you my phone. Where would they be? Uh, in my photos. Oh, okay. I just saw it. <laughs> oh, don't scroll that photo. Yeah. All right. Pick some good ones. Some doozies. Um, Bridget is awesome. We need to hear more of her. <laughs> That's not even is a that question. For That's for real. Yep. Who is that? I bet it was Amber. It was. <laughs> I love you, Amber. <laughs> that one? You're Chuck, it in. Chuck it in. Okay. <laughs> All right, yeah, as coaches, tips for your first powerlifting comp. Don't do a water cut. 
<laughs> Especially a nine kilo oh one. Gosh, James. Don't do a water cut. Have fun. Manage your expectations. And uh, just remember why you signed up uh, to compete in a competition. It was to have fun, to get better, to max out. Yeah. I, I love... Um, I love people's first competitions because the, the one of the most common comments is like, yeah, but I'm competitive, so I only compete to win. It's like, that, that doesn't mean you're competitive. That just means you're arrogant. Like, That's the worst. Because competitive people do compete to win, but they're chasing competition. When you're like, oh, I'm not going to compete because I'm not going to win, that you're running away from competition. And the art of being a good powerlifter is competing because it's the fucking sport. Like you have to get good at the sport. And you have to, just like I said before, you have to suck at something for a while before you get good at it. Um, so exactly what James said, first competition, go out there, have fun, go in with realistic expectations. I'm not a fan of, um, a lot of people are like, yeah, make sure you're just conservative on your attempts because you really just want to go nine for nine and have a fantastic day. I'm not actually a big fan of chasing nine for nine all the time for novice lifters and for first comps and everything like that. I'm a fan of saying, you know what? If you want to try and push a little bit further and chase that number you really want, this is the time and place to do it. Because there is value in failing a lift at your first comp. There's value in learning that you're not successful. If you go nine for nine at every single comp, the first comp that you go six for nine, you're going to have a heart attack. You're going to have a meltdown. It's okay to get good at failing lifts. And it's okay to go out there and know that you've tried your absolute hardest and failed something. Like there's, there's value in that. So I'm not a fan of chasing nine for nine. Sorry. I'm not a fan of chasing nine for nine all the time. Um, but yeah. Um. How do you guys manage fatigue from work, long hours, um, like working long hours to have like minimal impact on your training? Be very careful how you answer this. Excuse me. Look, it's hard, man. It's hard. I've got a very physically demanding job, very high, uh, high stress. Nah, um, we're lucky. We're lucky that we, for us, we're lucky that we're in this environment. But at the end of the day, once again, it's all about managing your expectations. If you're a laborer that's working 12 hours a day, in the sun, you know, yeah, it's going to be a little bit harder to come in and uh, feel. What was the question again? I just went way off. How do you manage fatigue from working long hours at work, like to not have, to have minimal impact on your training? Yeah, I, for me, it's just all about managing your expectations. If I've had a massive day, like if I'm going to work a thirteen-hour day or something, it's just not for me. It's not realistic to do what I was set out to do if I was fresh and I was doing a four-hour day. So I might have to reduce the, you know, the volume of my uh, overall workout a little bit. But for me, that's all it is. Just mm. managing what I'm doing in the gym, trying to control the variables as much as possible outside of the gym. Only control, like being able to control the things that you can actually only control. Yeah, I can control how much sleep I'm getting. I can, well, to an extent, I can control how much water I'm drinking, my food intake. I can do all those things well. But if it's something that I can't manage or I can't, uh, you know, navigate my way around, it's, I'm not going to put too much emphasis on it. Mm. Uh, that's like the perfect answer in terms of focus on what you can control do your best to control all those fatigue management strategies eat well sleep well um, they're going to be your big rocks when it comes to training just accept that you know it's going to go up and down based on how fatigued you are from your work and you'll just remember your body doesn't recognize numbers your body doesn't know the difference between 200 and 210 kilos on the bar your body recognizes stimulus and relative intensity so if that means to hit the relative intensity for the day, this is where RPE is such a beautiful scale. To hit the relative intensity for the day, you have to go a little bit lighter, so be it. 
you know, and that might mean that permanently you train a little bit lower than your capacity because you have a very physical job. And then when you take that time off your job uh, for, say, a competition, you know, the last few days into a comp, a lot of the times the physical laborers will take the Thursday, Friday off, have the Saturday off and then compete on Sunday, decay some of that work fatigue. All of a sudden you get this big performance boost on the day and you perform so much better. It's just about being realistic about what your life looks like and how training fits into it sometimes. It's, yep. e- it's easy for coaches to forget that because coaches are like us. We become bums. You know, we, our jobs aren't that hard uh, in terms of, you know, it's like when we have a hard day of like moving those dumbbells around and then you go to train, you're like, well, this is rough. You're like some people are lugging, you, you know. Yeah, are lugging that. You forget, like I've had physical labor jobs. You have, you've had jobs up on your feet. CJ cuts hair. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How hard could that be? You forget after a while what it's like to do a hard day's work every day, sweat it out in the summer here, you know, every day, and then try and go train. Um, and a lot of coaches need to remember that their clients' lives are very different to their lives. Um, so there's there's an onus on the coach to guide someone through this as well. Mm. Yeah, I think a big thing, what you said, like managing expectations and not being so attached to, like you said, the numbers on your program. Sometimes it even asking like you, oh, I don't feel that great or this and that. And you just, oh, just do this. And to know that that's okay. It's not, oh, it, sometimes you can have the mentality of like, oh, if I don't do this, you may as well not train at all. 100%. And that I was think we've hard all been for me there. to get over it. Yeah. yeah. Big time. Um, so you're talking about <laughs> not doing a water cut, but yeah, someone asks you like, meat day nutrition or water cuts. Uh any tips on I remember my first novice comp the day before I asked Thomas what is it that I should eat on meat day and he just said food would be good (laughs) so so I think the best thing to do is just not overthink it yeah that's what I was gonna say about um tips for comp day yeah just don't (laughs) overthink anything sometimes people (laughs) tell me the things that I've said and I'm like how did I get successful (laughs) food would be good um, I, I sh- I'm sure I would have <laughs> followed that up with something insightful. I wouldn't have just left it there. I can't remember what that was, though. I just remembered that part. <laughs> um, I'd recommend not straying away from foods that are too foreign to you. Um, so, for example, my first powerlifting comp, I hate, uh, I've got a lot of uh, negative experiences in my shorter <laughs> powerlifting career. But my first powerlifting comp, I packed a whole bunch of food that I've seen. Instagram uh, powerlifters on Instagram pack. Yeah, and I was like, sweet, I'm gonna do what they did. Brownies. Yeah, and then I got to comp and I didn't eat any of it. <laughs> I was like, I don't fucking eat this shit. Yeah. Why am I trying it now? Mm. So yeah, just not straying away from foods uh, too foreign to what you already eat. Yeah. yeah. So eat eat familiar foods. Comp day nutrition is the holy trinity: carbs, salt, water. What about quantity? How much of it do you eat? Um, there's no perfect answer to that. Some. Because uh, it's it's like how f- how close should you eat to training? Oh, let's eat eat a a meal moderate in carbohydrate and protein approximately two hours before training. If that makes you feel sick, don't fucking do it. <laughs> if eating on comp day makes you perform poorly because you've got food in your stomach and you feel like shit, don't eat. There are plenty of amazing Ed Cohen never ate on comp day. The greatest powerlifter of all wow. time. Jason Semler could never eat on comp day. I tried to force him to drink Maximus once and he threw up. <laughs> Like he couldn't oh. eat on comp day. He's the wow. best bencher in Australia at the time, you know. Um, it's all well and good to say like here's the type of food you should eat. It's really hard to say when, how much. It's try and eat. Some people are so jacked up on adrenaline that they can't. Mm. Um, 
sometimes there's a balance between like you feel like you can't eat but you have to eat because it's a long day in which case going for things that are easily digestible so um, less complex carbohydrates white rice sugars fruit lollies sugary drinks that kind of stuff is is all great to get in um, rice-based products that are salty like rice crackers or rice cakes or whatever um, but yeah there's there's no perfect amount whatever makes you perform the best pretty much it, it, it's take enough food try and eat where you can but it's really hard to give a, a perfect guideline um my advice would be sign up with nutrition for uh, sign up with <laughs> nutrition coaching with zero and we'll we'll help you out that's yeah. that's good advice by the way i've been doing uh nutrition with rochelle Howe, who's one of our amazing nutrition coaches and um yeah fuck she's got me feeling good my training's perfect everything's perfect mm. uh just because she's put me on a good path. She's guided me, I think, for the last six weeks. And, uh, yeah, everything's gone great. So I know that's like a shameless plug, but hit her up. Zero Nutrition, Rochelle Howe. She's the amazing. Longest you've ever stuck to a plan by five weeks. So. 100%. <laughs> and lo- and looks, I, was, um, I, was, I was embarrassed to ask Rochelle to do my nutrition again. I was like, nah, fuck this. <laughs> she's going to laugh because I've never followed through with it. And, um, yeah, your, bo- your boy's getting results. So it's, uh, Absolutely, yeah. it's amazing what sticking to the plan can do. It's showing. You trained without your shirt on on, on Saturday. Walked in. I'm like, oh, the rock's back on the Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just James. The rock's little cousin. Uh, the pebble. Uh, <laughs> the pebble. <laughs> pebble. <laughs> Stone. Oh, All my right. gosh. Well, time for one more. Uh, then, we'll, then we'll close A lighthearted off. one. Sneaker game. Who's got the best sneakers? And can anyone beat Dan? Bro, Dan Cup. Who asked that question? Ryan. Ryan Anderson. <laughs> Quick shout out look to Ryan. How, look, look at this reaction we just got. Bro. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> Wait, my sneaker game is better than Daniel's. If you're yeah. listening, Daniel, I've got you covered as well, brother. Explain. Uh, I want to nah. eat right now. I want to hear Thomas. Oh, yeah, you go. He's mad. I know you've got great <laughs> sneakers. No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> humble, just, humble. Let's, let's, my uh, sneakers. Can we do the grievance of the week for next week early? <laughs> Already. <laughs> wow. Not the spazikes. <laughs> look, I'm going to humble brag. I'm going to say I got the best sneaker game in Zero. Thousand percent. I agree. Yeah. I've seen you post your collection and I'm a big sucker for Jordan 1s and you've got them all. <laughs> Oi, and on that, I'm second, hands down. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Dan Carpenter, he's third. Yeah. And then maybe, no, Rochelle's ahead of Dan Carpenter. Rochelle's got some fire. Yeah. She's <laughs> definitely ahead of Dan. <laughs> We're just putting Dan <laughs> down the list as far. Yeah. Dean Ilgath, is, he's one of the business partners in Mackay. He always messages me and, be, and is like, are these Jordans any good? Should I buy these? I'm, like, I'm so glad you came and asked me. No, don't, <laughs> don't buy those, please. <laughs> A lot of the times my comment is something along the lines of, if you buy those, you're out of zero. <laughs> uh, Take like, his advice. He knows his sneakers too, Dean. Is this just sneakers in general or are these sneakers to squat in? Because I know a lot of powerlifters like to squat in ones. That was, Tombro started that. I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> a thousand percent started that. I, I squatted in ones because of Tombro. Arian Bibiani, is that how you say it? He started squatting in ones because of Tombro. Thomas Hardy started squatting in ones because of Tombro. Everyone did. Wait, I'm going to... That's I'm going to call out Sebastian Oro because I squatted yeah. in ones before Sebastian. However, Ooh. however, he got me good. So I, I comment, he, he was squatting in, for those who know Jordans, he was squatting in... Um, uh, 2015. Wait, no, I don't know. Jordan's all of a sudden. He was he was squatting in Chicago ones, which is what I squat in. 
But I squatted in the Chicago ones. They did one run of them, and they were terrible. They didn't have the Nike logo. They had a Jumpman logo, and they're the most uncomfortable shoes in the world to wear around. That's why I squatted them, because they're super rigid. So they feel really nice and supportive. And I messaged him once, like, oh, you're squatting in the, in the same shoes as me, just Chicago ones. And he messaged back, and he's like, yeah, mine don't have the Jumpman logo on them. I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> he knows his shoes. He's got me good. People don't realize, like, people who don't know sneakers don't realize what that guy's got on his feet when he's doing his seminars and stuff. He's always got heat, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got every pair of off-whites as well. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. He knows his sneakers. Can we quickly touch on the heat I'm wearing on my feet? And Taze Lad. Yeah. <laughs> this is the greatest squat shoe. Oh, I don't nah. know. <laughs> you don't ever want to squat in one of these. <laughs> I'm just hanging on for dear life wearing these. Thomas is already hating me. Yeah. Are yeah. they not like really comfortable? They're the best. I, I think they're so comfortable. You guys know I don't lock my car at zero, right? <laughs> <laughs> Today that changes. <laughs> People are walking around in those shoes. I'm getting robbed. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, CJ, your podcast, your time to close it off. Wow. Well, that's us. Thanks for chatting, guys. I've, <laughs> I didn't actually think you'd get so real. I, I, I feel like I'm even close to you guys. <laughs> I, I could have cried in that podcast. Uh, me too. I'm dead serious. <laughs> me too. You, you brought it out of us, host. Mm. Yeah. Host daddy. <laughs> Thanks, Daddy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, before things get too out of hand, um, <laughs> thank you guys for watching. Um, I don't know the spiel. Give us five star rating, like and subscribe on YouTube. Um, yeah, stay tuned. I know throughout the week we will um, post out a questionnaire on Instagram on what more questions that we could um, talk about. Uh, yeah, this podcast is for you guys. So, yeah, please do. We'd love your input. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.